everybody. Ivan Tomokov here, back on the Ross Project, another episode. And today I am joined by Erica Leary. Erica, how's it going? Very, very good. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to come talk to your, you and your audience. Likewise, likewise. Well, let me tell you guys a little bit about Erica. So Erica is a marketing strategist, an author, and a business consultant who works with small business owners and entrepreneurs, helping them tap their full potential by reaching out to new clients, increasing sales and revenue. She also helps people find their passion and use their passion and skills to find what they can do best in order to start their own uh, successful uh, business. So that that's really interesting. So let's let's talk about before we dive into these specific granular things and how you help entrepreneurs and business owners. Let's uh let's share with the audience a little bit about your story. So you know, did you wake up one day and we're like, hey, I'm just going to be a business strategist and a coach? How did it all come together? <laughs> so um, many, many moons ago. No, I um, left corporate probably in like 2005, wild hair, went cross country trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up type thing. And one of the things I wanted to do was learn Spanish. So on a plane to Panama, I go and um, mm -hmm. I didn't speak the language here or anything. So I started teaching. And that's mm -hmm. sort of part of the story. But anyway, just hold that for a second. Anyway, on a visit back to the States one time, I picked up a book. And this was, you will know this. Every entrepreneur probably knows this, but the four-hour work week. Mm -hmm. So um, just what, for whatever reason, caught my eye. I'm an avid reader, but had nothing to read. So I bought the hardback book. It was like right when it first came out in the airport, which I think it's the only time I've ever even bought a book at the airport. So um, anyway, I was totally hooked and I think I was kind of like searching for something and didn't know what and even then after reading the book, I still didn't really know what. Mm -hmm. So um, it started with digital marketing that just seemed to be the easiest segue for me and made the most sense. So I started a digital marketing company, um, which I actually still have and run. But over the years, that's what sort of led into um, doing the coaching. So throughout the years, the clients that I had and what their questions were and just helping them figure out, you know, what they wanted to do led into the business coaching. Mm -hmm. So, And the business cool. coaching, I, I sort of touched on teaching, but the business coaching kind of, I guess, was more, even more of a passion because the whole online world to me is awesome. I mean, I could spend 24 seven on you know, just learning all about the online world. I just think it's fun. It's sure. exciting. I love marketing. You know, I was so fascinated. Like I studied marketing in school and I was just remember being so fascinated with, you know, like why do I just like crave McDonald's and not <laughs> Burger King, even though, you know, mentally I know the Whopper is better than the Big Mac, but I crave that Big Mac. Why is that? You know, I just think marketing has so much to do with a lot, you know, Coca-Cola, just whatever. It just has so much to do sure. with was very exciting to me to be in, you know, marketing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so how did, how did Panama come in into the picture? So you're, uh, from what I was reading in your bio, you spend majority of your time living in Panama city, Panama, correct? So how did correct. that come about? Like, did you, were you always just curious living in a different country or how did that all come about? 
Yeah. So, um, okay. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. So most of my mm-hmm. clients are from Southeast area. I work, I don't really do much here in Panama, um, business wise for the mm-hmm. consulting. So, um, most of my clients have always been in the Southeast, but, um, when I graduated high school, I wanted to, um, graduated college. Sorry. I went to Spain mm-hmm. and I just fell in love with Spain. I thought it was so much fun. And I had been trying to learn Spanish my whole life. And oh, side note, my mother was Panamanian. So oh, okay. when I decided I was going to go to a country to learn Spanish, um, I was going to go to Costa Rica. I don't know why. Just, I found a book in a garage sale about Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and my mom was like, not for nothing, but we are Panamanian. She just never went back over the years and didn't really talk about it. So for whatever reason, it just didn't cross my mind. Yeah. So when I decided to do it, my grandmother was like, oh my God, you know how grandmothers are. She was so excited. And so I came for three months and then um, I was like, that's ah, not quite enough. So I went back to the States and then I came back and um, I was just going to stay, you know, for a little while longer. I think I was going to stay a year or a year and a half. I had like a set amount of time that I was going to stay. Sure. And I just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, set up I had shop. To, I just loved yeah. it. I, I had to ask because, you know, um, not, not a lot of people kind of choose randomly, you know, to to live in another country, sort of speak. And it's always interesting to hear about the story that led up to that, you know, that was there a specific event that happened, you know, in your, in your life that really kind of took you there because, you know, after all you lived in, you know, Atlanta for the vast majority uh, of your time of your life. And then, you know, being in Panama, plus I think it's kind of cool. You get to experience different culture, different. um, I think traveling just changes people Mm -hmm. so dramatically. You know, I really think everybody needs, you know, you don't need to pick up and move to another country like I did, but I I definitely think everybody needs to travel and, uh, you know, experience other cultures. Like you just said, it's, you know, it's eye opening to see how other people live. And, you know, I've been to other countries and, you know, it's just different. It makes you a different person. I think traveling. I, I, you know, on that note, just, just to elaborate, I 100% agree, especially being an immigrant, being Bulgarian, you know, it's seeing really uh, Western culture specifically and really experiencing, I think you develop a stronger sense of appreciation and gratitude for um, the things that are in Western culture, because I'll tell you this, it's as simple as like, you know, uh, driving yourself down to the McDonald's drive through you know, to get some fast food when in some Eastern European countries that wasn't even available until like five, maybe 10 years ago. So you suddenly realize of, you know, how, how much lucky. of how lucky you are, you know, how accessible, uh, you know, something like that is. And uh, until you live, well, you know, if you were to live in Eastern Europe or even experience it, some people would still classify it as a third world country. Most of the countries in Eastern Europe, because they really haven't, you know, adapted, they haven't really modernized as much as Western culture has in the United States. And hence why the United States of America is sort of the, the flagship for the world, because there's so much modernization that happens here. And this is actually precisely one of the reasons why I remember when my father immigrated here is just that he was just looking for greener pastures. And guess what? In the United States of America, you can have the greener pastures, exactly. you know, um, when at all, a lot of countries don't even have that feasibility. Opportunity. So, exactly. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people in the United States have lost sight of, 
um, exactly what it's all about. And I do think, you know, traveling and seeing what other people live like definitely reminds you or at least shows you, (laughs) you know, what, what is so great about the United States. I mean, definitely. I, I totally agree. Totally agree. So I want to take it, you know, more towards, you know, the digital marketing space because, um, you know, uh, and, and some things that I wanted to, to ask you about is this though. So I agree with you, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of curiosity with the digital. There's a lot of technology. I know personally getting into that space, you know, started really with that 14 year old kid that was nibbling in technology and you were, that's so cool. I w I was a nerd. I was that 14 year old kid who, uh, when my father started his first entrepreneurial endeavor, which was a small local pizza joint, uh, he had one of those, uh, it was actually running Windows 3.11 at the time, which most uh. people probably don't even remember. At least this generation, maybe one past, uh, definitely the next, you know, like millennials and Gen Z that have no idea what Windows 95 probably is. <laughs> DOS. Know? And yeah, DOS. And so, um, but when you were talking about that, it's so interesting, you know, I'm curious to know from your standpoint, you know, how do you upkeep with, you know, relevance and market market trends and how do you, uh, how do you always adapt and pivot to, you know, what's happening in the digital, digital space? Is there uh, one or maybe a few things that you do to maintain a sense of relevance? Um, I'm curious to know. Um, so for me, for me personally, that's probably a big part of why the consulting started too. I, I think not everybody, um, you know, like you thinks it's fun and thinks it's cool. Like I do. I mean, like to me, everything is so exciting and new and fun. And if I could spend 24 hours a day, just studying all the new stuff, you know, an educator, you know, which you know, I didn't really realize I was an educator, but when I came Mm -hmm. to Panama as something to do, I started teaching English and it was just in my blood. And so I think mixed with the curiosity and everything for me, it's fun. I love studying it, but for the average normal person, it is not, (laughs) they don't want to do that. Right. You know, they don't want to know, um, you know, all the new and exciting and updated stuff that's coming out. And so digital marketing is a lot of the tactics, but the consulting is really a lot more about the strategies and about, Mm -hmm. you know, the tried and true and that kind of thing. And I think that that side of it, people understand a lot more and they, you know, like I like the mindset. I like the um, personal development side of it too. But I think that most people don't want to know, you know, which tactic to use or how to do that tactic. They just want to know, tell me which one to use. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And so that's kind of how that came about, really. Um, For me, it's fun. I think it's, you know, I could spend all day long on my computer and not blink an eye, you know. I think, I think I say that a lot, you know, like most girls go shopping and I'll like, you know, watch a webinar or spend hours on YouTube learning how to do, you know, whatever the new tactic on TikTok or something. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. Fun for me, but I know that it's so geeky and I know that it's not fun for most people. And especially when you run a business, you know, you Mm -hmm. don't have the time. You just don't have the time for all of it. Sure. Sure. No, I, w- I, w- I would agree. It's actually kind of funny because um, 
uh, I've, I've started, uh, well, ironically, what you said is this that, you know, uh, most girls go shopping and uh, here's me, like I personally, I'm like, I literally, I feel like I'm working seven days a week and I'm glued to my laptop and, you know, it's a being a father and a husband. It's like most times it's like, you know what? I, I got to devote some time to the fam also. <laughs> so, you know, but you have to make yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, but, but it's, you know, it's, it's a passion. It's a commitment for me. I think there's a why and a purpose, you know, for me. And, but it's interesting you said that because I, I am one of those, uh, I, I got my MBA at the school of Google. Let's just put it that way. You know, Google when, and YouTube, YouTube and has YouTube. so much. Exactly. In fact, I was on YouTube last night. This is just said like how exciting digital is and how accessible and if you can be creative and resourceful enough, you know, you can really pave a path for yourself. And um, I know last night um, I just started nibbling into Premiere Pro like more heavily. Um, I've been using Final Cut Pro for a lot of, you know, video editing and social video and such and for some nice. client work. And uh, I was on YouTube last night and, and, and mind you, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tech nerd that's in part where digital really came about. So I could figure out a lot of stuff, but like I'm sitting here, I'm like, all right, so how do you resize this image in Premiere Pro? And I went on YouTube and I just typed in a search and here comes the video and boom. And I think, you know, that's the beauty about it is that- it's amazing. Exactly, it's, it's, it's so accessible, but still at the end of the day is you gotta know how to be resourceful enough and creative to utilize it. And like you said, you're absolutely right. You know, a lot of people don't, I mean, they can absorb the content, but they don't necessarily want to execute on those things. Exactly. And that's where, you know, someone like you comes in. And um, so I wanted to shift and talk about just that actually, because I know one of the things that you wanted to highlight upon is, um, the five areas that um, a small business, an entrepreneur can make a change to create exponential results, something that you call the power profit formula. So let's, let's talk about the power profit formula. So I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a small business owner, right? And I'm consuming mass amounts of information from just about because let's face it like we're, we're everywhere i know a lot of people worried about privacy nowadays but it's like forget do, it like, forget <laughs> it's long it. gone yeah i remember i've been hearing the duck duck go commercial you know and like that is like so mind-boggling to me the way they're marketing it honestly but to the average joe they're like oh yeah you know i can i can not have trackers and people follow me if I just use DuckDuckGo. But to someone like me, it's like, eh, it doesn't really work that way. Exactly. You know, it's just exactly. what you know. So um, let's go back to talking about the, the, the power profit formula. So I'm an entrepreneur, a small business owner. I, I want to make a change to get some higher results in my, my business what would you recommend to them and how does the power profit formula work? Okay. So I have a system that I go through with my clients. And like I said, I go through five different areas and figure out, I mean, we can all make small changes in every single one of those areas at all times. I mean, that's for sure, but mm -hmm. narrow in on the ones that, you know, you want to start off with that would make the biggest impact. So typically all right, so let me just tell you really quickly, the five different areas are um, leads. So that would be anybody, if you're like a local business, you know, how do you get the people to come into your store or into your, you know, office or whatever it is? 
So how do you get your customers or clients? That's the first one. And then conversions is, you know, how do you, you know, once they find you, then how mm -hmm. do you make them a customer? And then transactions is the third one. And that's typically like how often are people buying from you or how much are they buying from you at a time? So right. if you can get somebody, for example, if you are a flower shop, if you can get them to buy flowers every month, as opposed to once or twice a year, you're increasing their worth, you know, their value and marketing geeky it's a uh, lifetime value so you're increasing how much that client is worth to you right if you can right. get them on some sort of continuity or if you can get them you know like you can sell them a couple of stuff like you sell the flowers but maybe you add the vase or you add you know ribbons or add baby's breath or you know other types of stuff <laughs> to your um to your products to to increase the mm -hmm. one-time transaction right so that's um, the third one. And then the fourth one is prices. People are always scared to increase their prices. But, yeah. you know, through the formula, I would show them exactly, you know, well, if you increased it by just 5%, most people would probably not even notice. And, you know, this is how much of a difference it would make. We'll go through the actual numbers. Because right. people are scared to do that. But, you know, if somebody increased the price of, you know, like the – my favorite, you know, the Big Mac combo. If mm -hmm. um, here it's like, it's close to $6 just for a round number. So let's say they increased it 5%. What's that? 30 cents. So if it was $6 and 30 cents, am I going to all of a sudden stop going? No. I mean, more than likely, I'm not even going to notice, you know, but if you I want did, your Big Mac, right. If I did notice, I would not stop going. It's the Big Mac, right? So that's the thing is, is, you know, a lot of times people are like, yeah. oh, no, no, nobody was, is, are gonna, you know, nobody will buy from me if I increase my mm -hmm. prices. And then, you know, that's a nice place to also combine with other things. You know, you can bundle things to increase your value or whatever. And then the last one is just your profits. And so mm -hmm. I go through all of them and figure out main areas. I think one of the key areas that most people probably need to focus in on and don't is um, the first one. And everybody thinks they have like a leads problem, not getting enough leads or, you know, I don't have enough traffic coming in, but right. typically it's something more along their messaging. Like they have, they're not very clear on their messaging or they're trying to get everybody, you know, like I can get right. everybody, which right. there's nothing against that. You know, you can get everybody, but in your messaging, you want to have, you know, what we call in marketing world landing pages to speak to just one person, sure. or you want to have something, you know, that, that speaks to that, that one audience or that one person so that you can kind of get in their head. And I don't yeah. think a lot of companies do that well. So that's typically, I, I call it the marketing dominating position, but again, you know, the talk. So everything that you just said is, is so essential to any modern business, any actually small to medium sized business. And um, I wanted to touch upon a couple of things actually that um, are actually very mind boggling and, and very misconstrued, I think, to a lot of small businesses and that is leads and conversions. So a lot of small businesses cannot delineate one from the other. Because right. they think the leads is the same thing as a conversion. And uh, actually, it's so ironic because um, even with some of the clients that I work with, 
uh, when we do lead generation, I have to explain to them, you know, and these are businesses that, you know, some, some are multi-million dollar businesses that still have a misconception between, you know, leads and conversion and also understanding the flow of a sales funnel. And, and why it's so important to know those mm -hmm. numbers. Exactly. Exactly. And so you, you, you are, you are 100% spot on. I think, um, and I was talking to someone recently that, that really got me thinking and they talked about education. They talked about education and how education is such an important part, especially in the digital marketing space. And the more education you, you provide, uh, the more seasoned education, the higher your chances are to basically pre-qualify uh, your prospects. Because like exactly. you said, you, you have no problem with leads. Most people don't get it that, I mean, you just turn into your social or your phone and suddenly you realize, you know what? I probably have a couple of thousand people here that I can reach out to, right? Of course, not every single one of them is going to be a customer or potential customer, right. nor you want them to be a customer because uh, what you were talking about conversion and also finding out kind of, you know, who your buyer persona is and target audience long-term from a longevity standpoint, that's where you really need to hone in to find that sweet spot. And that's where I think you kind of build longevity with your business because you find who the buyer persona is, or I think they call them avatar technically. Yep, yep. Also you find that avatar because not everybody's going to be your avatar, you know? And that's another thing actually, which I, I'm sure you dive into is the most businesses don't really have a, a full grasp on who their avatar is. Because and that can go back with the messaging mm -hmm. too, because when yeah. there's not clarity, you know, it's like just one big mess. And so sure. sometimes people don't choose you because they don't realize you are for them, yeah. that kind of thing. So it's, it's very important to be very clear. And again, you know, a lot of people are afraid, like, for example, in, um, some sort of a doctor's office or whatever. They're like, well, I don't want to just focus on this one. Okay. Mm -hmm. I get that. But you know, you, you fix these 10 problems. Let's just speak about this one problem here and speak about this other problem over here. Because right. if you, if you just list off the 10 problems, you're not speaking to anybody. But if you say, does your back hurt every day when you stand up or something, I'm just making this up, but you know, and my back hurts every day when I get up, then I'm like, oh my God, you're so speaking to me. Mm -hmm. So then, yeah. you know, you can capture my attention and I can, you're, you're now relating to me and it doesn't right. mean you can't help those other people. You absolutely can, but you need to speak to them on their level and how it relates to them. I think it's, you made a very good point is the relatability and relevance, you know, is so important because uh, that's where you can create that uh, emotional connection because, yes, and, big. Mm -hmm, and the reality of things, that's why people buy, you know, I use the, the poorest examples, like, you know, why would someone spend ludicrous amount of money on Air Jordans or something? I'm sitting over here. I'm like, would you really spend $150 on shoes? I'll probably spend it on something else. You know, but it's that emotional connection that people have because it makes them feel good. You know, they exactly. slip on those uh, the, those kicks and they're like, they, they feel almost untouchable. And Top I think, of the world. Mm -hmm. and that really kind of conveys to, you know, uh, your buyer persona and your avatars is really speaking to them, relating to them, being relevant also and hitting the pain points also. Exactly. You're not their client for the Air Jordan, but there are a ton right. out there, clearly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there are. 
yeah, exactly. So, you know, one thing I wanted to share on your website that, that really caught my attention, and I think you can definitely allude to is that so uh, I can find any business more than $45,000 in less than 45 minutes guaranteed. Everybody's like, that, is that a gimmick? No, it's not. That is a bold statement. That is a bold statement. And, and I know you have a free ebook that um, uh, people can download from your website um, as well. But let's talk a little bit more about that. Can you elaborate upon like, because let's face it, most people would think that's a gimmick, right? Because right. of how saturated the internet is, right? Everybody's promising in the world. And then you find out that they can't even de deliver 0.00001%, right? It's, yeah. So, so what it is, is I go through the system with somebody in 45 mm -hmm. minutes and I will pick out or with the client, pick out the ones that will be the most impactful in their business. Mm -hmm. And literally I have a system so I can show it, you know, in a zoom or whatever so that mm -hmm. they can see the numbers as they're increasing. And, and I use their words and their numbers and everything. Sure. And you can literally just see it. And it's not, um, it's not huge, huge, huge numbers of, of change. You know, if you increased your leads by 10%, if you increased your conversions by 10%, you know, if you increased any one of these areas, that's where the exponentiality or whatever comes in. Because even if you're only doing, you know, a yeah. lot of times I'll be like, let's just go like 3% or 5% because sometimes the numbers will get so yeah. big, you'd be like, holy cow. So it, it really is like, I, I have to go, super duper conservative on the numbers to, to make sure that it doesn't look exaggerated. The problem with most businesses is, well, you know, several, but one right. of them is, you know, maybe they do know that they need to do all of these things, you know, but it's just like we were talking about with messaging, you know, when you have like a plethora, like just a bazillion things that you know you need to do, you're almost frozen. So you do none. Right. So what I do for my clients is I'll put it in order. Okay, let's work on this one first, then let's work on this one. And we'll go through and I'll have, you know, an entire plan of the way that you should go through step by step through it with them. And, and then it systematically starts snowballing. But yeah. if you work on, for example, you know, increasing transactions or something before you work on your messaging, maybe it's not going to work because you never got clear on who you were speaking to and how you were speaking to those people. You never hit on their emotions. So you're not going to, you know, bring that up. But I mean, right. you know, the difference in marketing, you know, those of us that are in marketing, we know that, you know, just a couple of words could literally times 10 your business overnight. I mean, easily just a couple of words. So it's really, um, it sounds crazy and that's, you know, it, it's, it's to sound crazy, right. but right. literally it's a very conservative number. I mean, it is a really very conservative sure. number for most businesses and that's, you know, businesses that are already up and going. Yeah. I mean, this is not, you know, a startup business, but like businesses that are already up and going, you know, two year old business or whatever, they, they can definitely see those numbers, you know, easily. Yeah. Easily. And a couple of things that you mentioned, and I wanted to talk about price for a second because that, that was one of the things that um, uh, you mentioned that's in part of the power profit formula that um, you teach your clients is just that you're absolutely right on the messaging is because it's about perception and perception is reality. So that reality is actually very logical. And this is why 
um, on this podcast, we also talk about personal development and mindset because it is so integral to, I think, marketing specifically because there's so much logic, really. Um, one of my most favorite quotes that I've been going back to for the last several years is from Tony Robbins. And that <gasps> is, yeah, and that is um, business is 90% logic and 10% execution. And when you think about it is just that in any industry, whether it's marketing or automotive or retail, is just that uh, the sense of logic is really the driving factor. And in marketing and digital, logic really is a huge driving factor. It's mindset. It's the kind of perceptions, you know, that you create uh, upon others, the education that you provide. It's all of these things that I think in some form or fashion factor into the formula and the system you were talking about. But I want to go back to the Big Mac. Uh, where you were talking about the price because you made actually a really good point that I want to uh, allude to. And that is the fact that value. So um, when you said, okay, if there was, uh, I think you said a five or a 10% increase in price. So it goes from $6, which by the way, Big Mac is quite pricey in Panama at $6. Um, but from six to six thirty, people are not going to stop buying it because it has merit. It has value to them. So price does not determine and you value. And I smile essence. when I say the words. <laughs> exactly. And so uh, that was a really good point is because it goes back to what I mentioned earlier about emotions. Emotion. And I think emotions, you know, kind of relate to value because when people, it's like Christmas time, like now with the holidays, right? It's like people are not so worried about, you know, how much money they're going to spend because they can get that emotion and cheer and joy, right? So like they'll go out and spend money. I mean, they're worried about how much they're spending. Don't get me wrong because they're on the budget, but for the most part, they don't look at it in the way that they would traditionally look at money and price and price tags because they have a different emotion. They're in a different state. And so going back to the Big Mac, I think people just say, you know what? If I want a Big Mac, I want to have a Big Mac. I don't care if it's 30 cents more. I'll pay 30 cents more for it. And that is, you know, uh, I would love to get your thoughts on it. I mean, that's the logic in business, right? Is this yeah. the, the, the value and how businesses need to understand that you're selling value. You're not selling price. And so this is what happens. I'm glad you brought that up. So this is what mm -hmm. happens with a lot of businesses. They'll be like, oh my God, I cannot raise my prices because nobody will buy from me. Number right. one, they're competing on prices, which, you know, unless you're Walmart, you should never do. You should just never compete on right. prices. But um, you, you clearly have not... Um, you, you clearly don't even know like your own value at this moment. If that's right. the first, you know, fear in your mind is, oh my God, I can't do that. So what you first need to work on is, okay, well, why are you so valuable? Where, what makes your business, you, who, you know, whatever it is that you're selling, what makes it so much more valuable? Because once the business knows that, you know, once they realize that value, then they've got the confidence to say, and this is why. You know, right. we need to raise our prices and this is why. And then if there are those few people that are like, oh my God, no way, I'm not buying. They're okay losing those people because they now realize those people did not value what they have to give. And I, I do think like value is a huge word in that aspect because it, from both sides of it, the right. customer or client needs to understand and um, be aware of the value or the um 
you know, whatever it is that you have to offer and what is making you better or unique or different from your competitors. But it's your yeah. job to make sure that they know that and that you yeah. are telling them that and that you are not just like mentioning it one time and never talking about it again. It needs right. to be part of who you are. You know, your secretaries need to know it. The, you know, the Disney, the Disney effect, you know, the janitors need to know it. Everybody right. needs to know exactly what it is that you are all about. Right. What's that message that you want out there? What is it that you want everybody to know about you? When you're not yeah. in the room, what do you want them to be saying about your company or about you? And it's right. very, very, very important. And it, if you don't do that part first, none of the rest matter. And so, yeah, you might sit at the exact yep. same place for the rest of your life and maybe you're successful, maybe you're okay, but what could you be? If yeah, you I, I think speaking of value, you know, we, we, we could talk so much about value because personally I've become a lot more fascinated in recent years about sales specifically because I've really, I started to understand how it's, you know, about value and relationships and becoming more intrigued about that. But um, you, were, you were talking about something that, that I wanted to share when you, we're talking value and price. And I think a lot of small businesses, when you look at it from a marketing, from a business standpoint, lead gen, you know, just growing their business really in essence is that they're really looking at more from a price tag. Like how much can I sell more of my product or more of my service as opposed to, am I really charging enough? Because right. my product or service might actually have more value than what I'm pricing. And yes. I've actually had this conversation with a, um, with a designer that I use and, you know, he's phenomenal, very, very creative, you know, someone that, you know, can even hand draw stuff. I mean, really, really creative, but I've told him multiple times, I'm like, dude, you're not charging enough money. You realize that. Right. And then when you get so busy and he does, he gets so busy because he's a one man shop. Basically he gets so overwhelmed. Right. And Raise your prices. Exactly. And I've told him that it's like, well, if I raise my prices, you know, uh, I'm worried that I'm going to, you know, shoot my foot. And I'm like, no, you're going to be attracting a much higher caliber customer. And that's what you want. And, and sometimes, um, you know, I think especially with solo entrepreneurs or, or mm -hmm. solopreneurs, they call them, or like coaches, consultants, designers, you know, a lot of website designers, this any of those kind of people that work just by themselves for themselves, that is one of the first things that happens is, you know, they kind of lack that confidence going out of the bat. And that's where mm -hmm. professional development is so big. Tony Robbins, if you don't know him, you guys love him, you know, definitely, you know, yep. follow somebody like that and listen to them every day. And I'm sure, you know, just from speaking to you that you, like I do, I work on that daily, you know, so I, it's not something that I, you know, just do every now and then when I think about it. No, I work on it all the time because I know the importance of it. I know like, especially, you know, for, for solopreneurs, it's super important, but even as you grow and start to right. you know, become like, you know, a company and have employees and stuff, it's very important because the, the one that's going to stop the company is you, you know, you're the right. one that is going to stop the growth. You're the one that is going to um, prevent it from being what it can be or should be or, you know, yeah. go where it needs to go. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't, don't really realize that. Another Tony Robbins thing is um, he always says 95% state, 4% story, and 1% strategy, you know? So 
95% state is like how you are, you know, and story is the story that you tell yourself. So I, I just think it's, it's, you know, very, very, very important to know what your worth is. Look at that right. first. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely true. 100%. And that's why I mentioned the quote that I did for Tony Robbins is that I yeah. think a lot of people don't really understand that, you know, you could be the shittiest marketer on the face of the planet, but if you've got the most superior logic, I mean, you, you, you can sell, um, I keep going back to the movie, Tommy boys, you can, you know, sell uh, a fancy box with shit in it. Cause it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's if a you're relating. Box, basically. Mm -hmm. Cause you're relating, you're relating. And uh, I think one of the other things too, that I've realized too, is especially in marketing is just the wordsmithing, which really creates a perception. Like you said, it might be just, you know, two words or might be one single word that will really resonate. Like I know for me personally, the word human within marketing is something I've embraced for the last five years. And when I say human marketing, you know, it just creates a different perception. You know, um, it's not like you, you suddenly kind of exclude yourself from the herd, so to speak, and you create a different type of perception in people's eyes. And that's actually an eye-opening experience for them. It's also a segue into a discussion. Uh, similar exactly. to what you Curiosity. do. Yes. Uh, what you do with the power profit formula where you educate and you relate to people so they can understand how uh, they can grow um, their business by just making a few simple changes, really. Right. You know, and I know that might sim seem very simple, but, but in reality, like you were talking about, as you go through them one by one, you go through leads, their conversions, their price, you know, all of these things. But in the grand scheme of things, you are educating small businesses and entrepreneurs on things that they don't know. And right. you, you said another thing that I personally have realized, um, and, and again, as an entrepreneur, the one thing I've realized is that I'll make a lot of mistakes because there's so much I don't know. We all do. There's so much I don't know, uh, but the, the one key thing that I have learned is, is to embrace the fact that being a lifelong learner can be probably one of the best things that I can ever do, not just for my business as an entrepreneur, but as a human being. Right, because, for yourself. Keep exactly. at it. Exactly. So, um, so that's great that, you know, you go through this and that, you know, thank you for uh, elaborating upon um, the $45,000, you know, I, I think that is genius actually, because, you know, it is definitely catchy. You know, it is a call to action. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, Erica, is there anything else that you wanted to share that, you know, that entrepreneurs, small business owners can take advantage of the specific things? Uh, I know we talked about, you know, uh, the book that they can download from your website, Erica, Erica uh, is there anything else that you wanted to share? I have, um, if they go to powerprofitformula.com, there's like a little freebie that they can download that just kind of goes through mm -hmm. an overview, you know, of the steps just so that they can keep that in mind when they're going through their own stuff. Sure. Um, Erica Lear University, I have, it's a, um, like a year long training, do it yourself kind of marketing training. It'll take you from zero okay. to Awesome. Awesome. If you wanted to do something like that. Yeah. So if people want to connect with you, I know you threw out your website address, you know, a couple of other additional URLs, but you know, how can people connect with you on social media for biz advice, consulting, coaching, things of that nature? Um, it's uh, at the real Erica Leary 
mm-hmm. on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. And I think on LinkedIn, it's just Erica Leary or it's, it might be Erica Leary ATL mm-hmm. okay. for Atlanta. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Erica, I want to thank you uh, for the great discussion. I think you shared so much value specifically about the power profit formula that I think is so, so essential for any business, really, not just small businesses, because the five things you mentioned are actually five of the most common challenges, I believe, that small businesses uh, face. And uh, I think rectifying those can really change your business drastically. So uh, yeah. there are like 40 points within those five. That's just how <laughs> I break it up in those five. And yeah, I mean, you could work on that. Because even if you have been in business 10 years, mm-hmm. if you've never yeah. gone back to look at any of it, you know, right. you need to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to thank you so much for your time. I, I truly enjoyed the conversation and uh, thank, thank you for you. all the education, all the knowledge um, that, you, that you shared. And I want to make sure that that is captured in the episode. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome.